0: Good morning. Good morning. This is Bible lesson. Silas last week we had continue from where we stopped last week. Best of friends, part two. To so be looking in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 20, from verse 24 to 42. So David ate in the field, and when the new moon festival came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall, opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean, surely excommunicated. For the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again, then so said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesus come to the me, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go, because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town, and my brother has ordered me to be there. I have found favor in your eyes, let me get able to see my brothers. That is why he has not come to the king's table. So anger fled over Jonathan, and he said to him, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither has you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send him and bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up on the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the month he did not hit, because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, Run and find the arrows I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where, where Jonathan's arrows had fallen, Jonathan called out after him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? then he shouted hurry go quickly don't stop the boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master the boy knew nothing of all this only jonathan and david knew then jonathan gave his weapon to the boy and said go carry them back to town after the boy had gone david got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before jonathan three times with his face to the ground then they kissed each other and wept together but david wept the most Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we, have, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your dissident and your dissident forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to the town. Bible lesson, Silas Berlin, and Delicate. Another way we act on our commitment and friendship is by speaking up for each other, according to where we stopped last week. Jonathan speaks up for David. Notice Saul saw David so much by this time. That he doesn't call David by his name anymore. Three times he refers to him as the son of Jesse. Rather than actually speaking his name, but Jonathan speaks David's name. He speaks up for his friend and vouches for his innocence. Saul tries to manipulate Jonathan with guilt by bringing Jonathan's mother into the situation. Don't I know that to have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the mother who bore you? He then tries to tempt Jonathan with the kingdom. As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth. Neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now, send and bring him to me, for he must die. Saul is basically dangling the kingdom before Jonathan. It's supposed to be you, son. You are supposed to be the next king. But Jonathan refused to take the bait. He continued to speak for his friend. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? This is the same question David asked Jonathan at the beginning of this chapter. What have I done? Proverbs chapter 31 verse 9 says, speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. A second way we act on our commitment as friends is we speaking up for each other. I had the opportunity to do this just this past week. Someone said something negative about one of my friends. So I spoke up I told them that person was a good friend of mine and a great person. I told them maybe there was a misunderstanding or perhaps they just caught them on a bad day. That if they truly got to know them, they will see what a great person they have. True friends speak up for each other and then we halt on our friendship commitment by truly caring for each other. Saul is so angry at Jonathan speaking up for David that he throws his spear at his own son this time. Jonathan gets up from the table and is so upset that he doesn't even eat. But notice that he is not so upset about his father trying to kill him in a moment of anger as he is grieved at his father's treatment of David. He cares more about Saul's mistreatment of David than the fact that his own father just threw his spear at him. First Peter chapter 4 verse 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sin. Friendship involves hard faith love and deep affection for each other. True friendship involves making commitments to each other and then acting on those commitments. By watching out for each other, by speaking up for each other and by truly caring for each other, we have seen Jonathan and David making commitments of friendship to each other. We have seen them acting on those commitments. Finally, we see Jonathan and David following following through on those commitments. True friendship is for the long haul and we need to follow through on our commitment if our friendship is to go the distance. One of the most important ways of following through on your commitments as friends is by keeping your promises. Jonathan keeps his promises to David and acts out the house scenario in the field. Was it he has a small boy with him, but apparently there is no one else around. So Jonathan doesn't even need to shoot all three arrows. He just shoots the one arrow, calls out the signal, and sends the boy home with the weapons. Jonathan keeps his promise to David, and is now ready to meet his friend on harm. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 19 says. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 19 says, like a bad tooth or a lame foot, is reliance on the unfaithful in times of trouble. Imagine. If David was out there, waiting in the field and Jonathan didn't show, what if Jonathan had left his friend hanging? What if Jonathan didn't follow through by keeping his promise to David? It wouldn't have said much for their friendship. Would it? One of the most important ways we follow through on our commitment as friends is by keeping our promise to each other. And when you do all these things, when you make these precious commitments as friends, when you act on those commitments by watching out for each other, by speaking up for each other, by truly caring for each other. When you follow through on your commitment by keeping your promises, then you will not only be best of friends, you will be forever friends. Even distance won't stop your friendship. Jonathan and David meet in the field. David bows down before Jonathan three times. An expression of extreme respect for his friend. They kiss each other, a common custom in those days, while breathing farewell to a friend. They weep together, a sign of deep love and affection. As they say goodbye and pledge forever friendship, David had to leave. It wasn't safe anymore. He was on the run, but he would never forget Jonathan or his covenant of friendship, with him. In fact, long after Jonathan dies, and David becomes king, David will remember his covenant with Jonathan and look after Jonathan's family. We will soon get there in 2nd Samuel. It ought to say goodbye to a friend, but that doesn't mean the friendship has to end. You can still be friends for each other, just in different ways. And if you are Christian friends, then you truly are forever friends. Even death cannot end your friendship. For when Christ returns, the dead in Christ will be raised and we will be joined together with them in the words of 1st Thessalonians 4, verse 17. And so, we will be with the Lord forever. In conclusion, 1st Samuel 20 is a beautiful chapter about a beautiful friendship between David and Jonathan. We learn so much from this chapter about our own friendship and how to be a better friend to those around us. Best friends make certain commitments to each other. They act on those commitments and they follow through on those commitments, but we can take it all one step deeper when we think in times of Jesus and his friendship with us. Because no matter how good your friendship are here on earth, Jesus is the very best of friends. Let's run through our friendship grade one more time, but this time, look at it in times of Jesus. How about the community of friendship? Jesus is available. As it says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Jesus is kind. You read in Titus chapter 3, verse 4 to 5. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. Jesus is absolutely truthful. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is completely loyal. He says in Hebrews 13, verse 5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, and friendship with Jesus is mutual. We also have responsibilities and commitment. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 14, You are my friends if you do what I command. Although you can never be as good a friend to Jesus as Jesus is to us and we are still called into a true relationship with him, where love and commitment flow in both directions. How about acting on your commitment? Jesus watches out for you. You read in Psalm 121, verse 7 to 8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Jesus speaks up for you. First John chapter 2, verse 1 tells us, But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Jesus truly cares for you. He cares for you so much that he gave his life for you. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. How about following through on your commitment? Jesus keeps his promises. Psalm 145, verse 13 says, The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. And Jesus is a forever friend, as we have already read in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Friendship is a precious gift from God. The best way to make a friend is to be a friend. When we make this commitment of friendship to each other, we can know the blessing of friendship in a whole new way. And I pray that we will also give thanks to God for his friendship with you through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the very best of friends. Amen. Every lesson said us minute i